Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Anthony Pusick. Now, Donnie Pucks, Donnie Buckets, he's had a long, long 24 hours. He called the Nick game last night. Big win for them in the in-season tournament. He'll be at the NHL store today for Carl Banks' starter black ice collection reveal from 3 to 6.30. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. If you are a hockey fan, if you're going to the game, stop by. Say hi to Michael, Don, and Peter. Carl Banks will be there. Steve Sharippa will be there. We'll have other special guests. It's going to be a really, really fun day. And I got to tell you, the merch is unbelievable. So stop by the NHL store. It steps away from the garden. 33rd and 9th. He'll be there. Then he'll be walking over to the garden to do pre and post. So he has a busy 24 hours and he said to me, Anthony, we got to get a podcast up. Can you do it? So we'll see how this goes. I'm happy to do it. Could be the last one we ever do if this doesn't go well. So fair warning. This could be the end of game misconduct, but I'm going to do my best. This is something that Don and I wanted to get into. We talked about it a little bit on the K show yesterday, and I think it's important to get into today. And that is the Corey Perry situation with Chicago. So of course, Corey Perry no longer with the Chicago Blackhawks. A lot of crazy crazy rumors swirling around this situation. So let's just give you a timeline of what happened here. On November 22nd, Perry was a late healthy scratch against the Blue Jackets on the road and head coach Luke Richardson called it an organizational decision to scratch Perry. And then on November 25th, GM Kyle Davidson told the media Perry would be away from the team for the foreseeable future. He did not disclose details about the absence, but mentioned the decision stemmed from the organization to keep Perry away from the team. On that same day, Perry's agent released a statement saying, Corey Perry stepped away from the Chicago Blackhawks to attend personal matters. Corey and his family appreciate privacy at this time time. So, on November 28th, which was yesterday, the Blackhawks announced their decision to place Perry on unconditional waivers. In the event he cleared waivers, the Blackhawks would terminate Perry's contract regardless. Here's what the team said. After an internal investigation, the Chicago Blackhawks have determined Corey Perry engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the terms of his standard player's contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. As such, Corey Perry has been placed on unconditional waivers. In the event Mr. Perry clears waivers, we intend to terminate his contract effective immediately. So here's what happened. Corey Perry was away from the team for some conduct detrimental or something that the Blackhawks deemed where he could not play and be around the team. Now, as I said, this started on November 22nd and the decision to terminate his contract was November 28th. In those six days, Twitter had... I won't want to say fun, because this isn't something that's fun. But they had some interesting theories as to what happened and why Corey Perry was away from the team. And it involved Connor Bedard. It involved Connor Bedard's family. So let me just say this, because we talked about it on the K-Show yesterday, and we said that it seemed like the rumors were Fugazi, and this is what GM Kyle Davidson said yesterday about the situation. I do want to be very clear on this one point. This does not involve any players or their families, and anything that suggests otherwise, or anyone that suggests otherwise, is wildly inaccurate, and frankly, it's disgusting. And if it sounds like he was choked up there, he really was. I think it was around an eight-minute press conference, and Davidson was very upset. Now, remember, this, of course, a 
Blackhawks organization that has been dragged, for rightfully so, for the way they handled the Kyle Beach situation. So any type of situation involving their players, involving misconduct, should be taken very, very seriously. And it seems like in this case it was. They were alerted to something that Corey Perry may or may not have done. They scratched him on November 22nd, and within six days, he was waived and eventually will have his contract terminated by the Blackhawks if nobody picks him up. My issue is this. I understand that this might be a legal matter or there might be some sensitive topics that would have to be discussed in order to remove or debunk some of these rumors. And a couple of insiders within Chicago and that cover the Blackhawks did try to debunk the rumors that were swirling on Twitter that Hockey Twitter and everybody else ran with about what has happened with Corey Perry and why he was away from the team. Here's my thing. If you know for sure that it does not involve a player or a player's family, and that is the prevailing rumor that's going around, and you know how sensitive these types of situations are, especially for an organization like Chicago that had to deal with the Kyle Beach fallout after they were so bad in handling it and communicating and realizing that we could have done better. You don't need to have the press conference of saying that we're putting Corey Perry on unconditional waivers. You could just release a statement within the organization saying this has nothing to do with any of our players or our players' families. And Kyle Davidson said that yesterday, but there were six days. And for a kid like Connor Bedard, I mean, this kid, people think he's the next Sidney Crosby. People think that he is the next big thing. The, the stuff that this kid has to go through already in the league, where I believe it was Nick Felino who said three games into the season, like, this media attention's weighing on him. He shouldn't have to even think to, first of all, answer any questions about this or have to deal with this, especially if there's no validity to it. This is where Twitter gets scary sometimes, guys, because something gets popped up and you see a screen grab of something and people just run with it. And now we have to take the Blackhawks at their word, which, of course, for what this organization has gone through, you know, you can't say for sure that they're telling us the whole truth. You hope they are. You hope they've learned their lesson. And I think that they have. But, man, this is such a horrible situation. I feel for... Connor Bedard, and I also feel for whoever it was that Corey Perry may have wronged in the Blackhawk organization in this situation. Now, it may not have been a player, it may not have been part of a player's family, but somebody in this organization, Corey Perry did something to someone that the Blackhawks believe that they don't even have to worry about the PA filing a grievance of terminating his contract for cause. So this story is far from over, but I'm very happy that the rumors about this story can hopefully be put to bed now. But yeah, just a crazy, crazy story. I know Don had some thoughts on it too. Maybe we'll get into it on the K-Show later, but just something I felt like we had to bring up. It was something that we wanted to talk about, and we did here. That's the first thing. The second thing is that yesterday, Patrick Kane made his decision to sign with the Detroit Red Wings on a one-year deal, and he is at the Garden skating as we speak. This podcast is being recorded a little after noon, and... A lot of the Rangers beat reporters and Red Wings beat reporters that are at Morning Skate at the Garden see Patrick Kane in his 88 Red Wings jersey. Now, I don't think that we're going to see Patrick Kane tonight in a Red Wings jersey. Maybe we will. Who knows? But this comes at a very interesting time because I am one of the people who had no interest at all in seeing Patrick Kane return to the Rangers. Not because I don't like Patrick Kane, not that I don't think he is very talented, but he's coming off of a surgery that currently has Nick Backstrom stepping away from the game of hockey. Carl Hagelin had this surgery and was never the same. This is not an easy surgery to come back from. And I give the Red Wings credit because they're a young team, spunky team, that they need that veteran presence to kind of keep them where they are in the standings and make sure that they get a top three spot in the Atlantic or hold on to a wild card spot. If Patrick Kane is any fraction of what he was at the top of his game, of course you try and go for it, just like the Rangers did last year. It comes at a weird time now, of course, because Capo Caco of the Rangers got injured in the loss against Buffalo on Monday, and now he is on LTIR. May not be out for the season, not as bad as people initially thought thought it was, but bad enough that he'll be out for a significant amount of time. And right wing already was an issue 
for this Rangers team. So I still stand by my thought that the Rangers did not have to sign Patrick Kane. They will have to get a right wing at some point, something we can get into a little bit later, but we'll see what Patrick Kane does. We'll see when he's back on the ice. We'll see how much of a contributor he could be. I could be dead wrong here and say that the Rangers should have went after him, but he's a red wing now. Steve Eiserman has made a lot of good decisions on this Detroit team since he's been back and pushed all the right buttons. Is this another one? We shall see, but Patrick Kane does have a home. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get into some of the games from last night. And we'll start with the local one. And boy, oh boy, the Islanders, man, they are they are going through it. They were up in this game last night against the Devils in Newark after two. They were up four to two. And then three goals in the third by the Devils. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Curtis Lazar. Boy, Hughes and Heischer make a big difference, don't you think, Devil fans? And now another loss for the Islanders. They're 3-4-3 and in their last 10. The Devils only one point behind them now and have a game in hand. That is just a team that cannot seem to figure out ways to string together wins, to get that consistency. The defense isn't what it used to be when Barry Trotz was there. They've got a couple of injuries now. That's a team that's reeling. I don't know if a coaching change will happen. Remember, I hinted at the thought that Dean Evison might be on his way out in Minnesota uh, on Monday with EJ and Don. That turned out to happen. Is a coaching change what this team needs? I don't know. I think it's just the roster is not what people expected it to be at this point or contributing the way that they thought it could at this point. And it's showing in the way they play. And the Devils now getting a little healthier. You've got Heischer back. You've got Hughes back. I think the goaltending still needs to be better. Four goals against an Islanders team that does not score a lot of goals is concerning, but tell you what, Devils are going to be scary when those guys are healthy. Hughes and Heischer, that combo, that team gets deeper when they're playing. Keep an eye on the Devils trying to climb back up in the Metro. Maple Leafs beat the Panthers 2-1 in a shootout. Hurricanes beat the Flyers 4-1. Speaking of the Wild, they beat the Blues 3-1 at home. Get that little boost of... I wouldn't say boost, but the wake-up call of firing the coach. The players think they need to play a little bit better, and they did. Joel Eriksson-Eck gets his 11th. Matt Boldy, who they really need to get going, got his second to make it 3-1. to one. That is somebody that they're going to need. How about the Predators at home beating the Penguins 3-2 to two in overtime? They had a 2-0 lead early. They watched that slip away, and then Philip Forsberg gives them... Uh, the win last night in OT. How about the Stars beating the Jets in Winnipeg? 2 nothing last night. Stars keep their spot at second in the Central. Pavelski with a goal. Sagan with a goal. Those are two good teams, man. That's Those are fun games to watch with those guys. Blackhawks threw all of the Corey Perry issues. Beat the Kraken at home 4-3. to Jason Dickinson's had a couple of good games. He had a hat trick a couple games ago. Now he's up to seven goals on the season. He added one last night. Tyler Johnson, his sixth. It's a nice win for them. The Kraken, once again, just not being able to stay consistent. Lost two straight now. They've dropped to fifth in the Pacific. They have the same amount of points as the Flames. It was nice that they made that run last year, but 
Clearly something is missing in Seattle, and they're going to have to take a look at what that might be. How about the Coyotes? 3-1 to one winners at home over the Lightning. That's a team that's fun, man. That's another team in the West that I, I kind of equate them to the Ducks who lost 3-1 to the Canucks last night. And boy, that Canucks team, they got a lot of goal scorers, man. But the Coyotes are fun. They're keeping themselves in it with a roster that, you know, not a lot of people may know a lot of the names, but they're 10-9-2. They've won two straight, got 22 points. Not going to say they're going to make a playoff run, but maybe maybe the worm is turning on the Coyotes. Maybe they're finally going to turn themselves around here and get themselves going so they're not in the basement of the West like they have been for the last couple of years. Crazy one at Edmonton, 5-4 shootout win for the Oilers over the Golden Knights. Hard to say that the Golden Knights are struggling, but they are 3-4-3 in their last 10. They got off to that amazing start. Now they're 14-5-4, still ahead of Vancouver by one point in the Pacific. But look, a nice win for the Oilers. They're 6-4 in their last 10. They've won three straight. Knobloch, is it Knobloch? Has this team just kind of woken up? Same deal with Minnesota. Are they going to start to realize that they have to play better in order to compete Connor McDavid with his 8th, Evander Kane with his 11th, and then McDavid gets the shootout winner. And Don promised we'd be active on Twitter, and he did tweet out, which I appreciate, because if I tweet out game misconduct, you don't really get a whole lot of responses. So let's hear from you, at Don LaGreca, at Anthony Pusick, hashtag game misconduct. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, Dave Brown tweets, any idea why Lou doesn't allow his players to grow facial hair? This seems so out of touch, but is there something to this? <sighs> Look, Lou's an old school guy. Did it in New Jersey. It's like the Yankees policy with no beards, no facial hair, no nothing. Does it prevent them from getting players? Look, if it prevented them from getting players, I would say that it's a problem. But anybody who goes there or anybody who goes to a Lou Lamorello-led team seems to know this is kind of the the way things are. This is what you sign up for when you go to a team that's run by Lou Lamorello. Is it out of touch? I don't know. I'm sure some players would complain about it. You'd think Brett Burns would be shaving his beard to go play for somebody. Probably not. But I don't think it's that big of a deal. If it does become that big of a deal, I'm sure that, you know, somebody would say something about this policy has to go. And Lou realized that in the playoffs, when these guys grow their playoff beards, that he allows it. Um, but there's something to be said about the the way the Islanders, in this case, and the Yankees are trying to be clean cut. And this is the way that they want these players to represent their organization. I don't know why a mustache and a beard would represent your organization in a negative way. But hey, that's the way Lou's done it. And I guess he would say, how's it working out for him? Now, recently, it hasn't worked out very well. But over time, it has. Adam Grassini says, it's only two games, but I would argue that Nico Heischer is almost, if not just, as important to the Devils' success as Jack Hughes is. The team was clearly missing Nico's leadership and the two-way game during his absence. What do you think, Don and Anthony? Well, I think Don would agree with you, Adam, and I, I agree as well. I mean, Jack Hughes is one of the best players in hockey, but there's something about Nico Heischer because Jack Hughes was back and the Devils were struggling, despite the fact that Jack Hughes was back. There's something about having Nico Heischer in the middle that stabilizes their lines, that gives them another scoring threat. And like you said, he has a great two-way game, and he is a leader. He's a captain on this team. Of course, when you don't have your captain, it hurts. It hurts to not have your leader. And maybe, you know, while they were scuttling, uh, having Nico Heischer in the lineup and in the locker room would have changed things for them. But he's back now, and as a duo, they are very, very hard to stop. And when they're both clicking, this Devils team can win a lot of games, even if they don't have the goaltending that I believe they need in order to make noise uh, in the East this season. But yes, no doubt, uh, Nico Heischer is very important to this team. Maybe as important as Jack Hughes. Which, uh, John Gross says, which young team that had playoff aspirations is underperforming the worst, Ottawa or Buffalo? I'm going to say Ottawa. Um, I know Johnny Lazarus, who's going to be at the NHL store today. He covers the Rangers for the Hockey News. He believed the Senators, I think, were going to win the Atlantic. Certainly make the playoffs. I thought that the Senators could possibly be a playoff team. But yeah, 8-9-0. Oh, boy, by the way, 
that Kachuk Bowl on Monday between Ottawa and Florida with Nana Kachuk in the stands. I hope Nana Kachuk likes being a meme because <laughs> all those game misconducts with seven minutes to go in the third and the brothers fighting and how ugly it got. Boy, oh boy, she was like, she was so disappointed in her grandchildren. I'm sure Keith enjoyed it, but man, that was... That was a lot of fun to watch, but no, the Senators, I would say, I mean, the Sabres have an injury to Thompson, and I said that that was going to hurt them. They're at least 10-10-2. Senators have a couple of games in hand where they can move up their points a little bit, but 8-9-0, in their last 10, a two-game losing streak. I would say out of all the teams, I don't know, I, I don't know if Don would agree, but I would say that, to me, Ottawa far more disappointing uh, than Buffalo at this point. Jimmy Berger says, with Kako being out for what looks like will be a significant period of time. Do you see the Rangers trying to acquire a right wing in the near future? If there's any weakness on this team, I think it's fair to say that would be it. Well, you're right about one thing. The right wing position is certainly uh, the weakness of the Rangers. And let's be honest, did anybody think Blake Wheeler was going to be the first line right wing for a long period of time? Capo Caco was supposed to be that guy. Uh, and he has not performed on that line, did not perform on that line, which is why he was down to the third line and Wheeler was up there. I think that was going to have to happen at some point anyway for this team. Well, look, you got to look at guys that are on expiring contracts. You got to look at guys that are a little bit older. At the present moment, do I see them making a move right now for it? No, I think that they'll try and roll with Johnny Brodzinski for a little bit. That's the guy who was called up. The lines have kind of been clicking at this point. That would be a third line wing position that you're trying to fill. If Blake Wheeler dips in his play and that first line goes back to the way it was earlier in the season where they really weren't firing on all cylinders, yeah, I think they can make a move. Now, who would that be for? I know people would love to see Matt Zuccarello back. I don't know if that cap hit can kind of fit um, on that team. Now, do they try and do a reunion with Vladimir Tarasenko, who signed a one-year deal uh, with Ottawa? But again, that's a pretty big cap hit unless they eat some money. Um, You got to look at guys who I would say say are probably a little bit older that are on teams that aren't really going anywhere. I don't know. Does a reunion with Jesper Fast make sense? Does Carolina want to make that move? I doubt it. But I do think that the Rangers will do their best to try and add a wing. Now, I like Brendan Othman. I know that he was off to a bit of a slow start after a good first game in Hartford, but it looks like I think he scored a goal a couple days ago. Everyone was clamoring for him to get called up. I don't think it's that time yet, and I don't think that if the Rangers are looking for a right wing to solidify what they hope to be a cup contender, to rush Brendan Othman would be the best solution for them. Um, They would probably have to look outside of the organization in order to upgrade that position. So, Jimmy, I wish I can give you a better answer. Don may have had a better answer for you, but yes, I do think that a right wing will be in their near future in terms of who they need to acquire. Have another donut. That sounds delicious. Says, who would be a good in-season replacement for Lane Lambert when he gets fired and then looking forward to the end of the season, who would be a good replacement for Lou Lamorello? Thanks. So clearly a person who is very upset uh, as an Islanders fan with the way that this IL season has gone. Can't blame you. Uh, We've talked about it a little bit, Don and I, on the podcast. I don't know if firing Lambert does anything. Uh, I think this roster just is not at the level that it was when it made its conference final runs. I don't think that guys are performing to the best of their ability or guys were expected to perform better and just haven't or cannot. Look, if you fire a coach midseason, I doubt they're going to be bringing somebody in from outside. It would probably be bringing up an assistant coach and saying he's the interim for the time being. I don't think Lou's jumping back onto the bench anytime soon like he used to. Um, in terms of a good replacement for Lou Lamorello, I mean, that's a discussion for, an, I would say that's a discussion for the offseason anyway, uh, Mr. Donut. I don't know who that would be. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of bright young minds that would be willing to take the president or GM of hockey operations for the New York Islanders, try and 
bring this team back to being a contender. But there's also, is there an appetite to move on from Lou? Uh, I would say if there's another season where a deadline goes by and Lou doesn't improve the team or this team continues to scuttle the way they are and they just can't close out games and even when they have the lead, they give up leads in the third with a goalie in Sorokin who could be one of the best in hockey struggling the way they are. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And if the powers that be on the Islanders feel like it's time to make a move, that'll be up to them. I think Lou has a job for as long as he wants it, but he is getting older. Maybe it's a situation where he says it's time for me to step away or there's a mutual parting of ways. I think Lou has certainly earned that, but yeah, I I don't anticipate a whole lot of big changes to the Islanders in season. If you're going to move on from Lane Lambert, you're going to have an interim assistant coach probably running the team for the rest of the year, and then that is when, in the offseason, you take a look at big changes. Yankees-Penguin says, Don... Which team do you think is more likely to make the playoffs, Minnesota or Edmonton? Oh, that's a good question. If you ask Don, it's going to be neither because he said that he believes that the top eight in the West is pretty much set outside of maybe the Ducks sneaking in. I would say the Oilers just because you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Hard to bet against those guys. I think Minnesota's got a little bit of a flawed roster. They bought out, as Don mentioned on the last podcast, um, two big contracts, so they knew that this cap crunch was going to be coming for them. It's going to take them a little while to get out of it. They're not going to be able to spend their way out of it for a little bit. Um, I would say Edmonton has a better chance of coming out of the West uh, than the Wild. Tim Hill says, Don, how much do you think the addition of Kane will move the needle for Detroit in a stacked division? Do you see them keeping pace in the playoff race? Well, Tim, it's like I said before, uh, it just depends on how he plays. If he comes back and is a fraction of what he was at the top of his game, now he's a little slower now, I can't imagine that having hip surgery is going to make that any better. Um, But for a team that was already playing well, to have the addition of Patrick Kane, as long as he's not a negative for them, I could see them keeping pace in a stacked division for sure. And if he's better than what I anticipate him being coming off this surgery, yeah, I think they can certainly uh, keep pace and make noise in the Atlantic division. Well, that was fun, guys. Good questions. Thank you so much. And if you want to participate, as always, it's hashtag game is conduct. Uh, and just tag me and or Don at Don LaGreca at Anthony Pusick on X slash Twitter. We have our three games tonight, shorter slate on a Wednesday, and we know the big one here. It's Red Wings Rangers on TNT at 7.30 at the Garden. Rangers trying to bounce back after a tough loss. Red Wings now with Patrick Kane. Is he in the lineup? Is he not in the lineup? Either way, a Red Wings team that's playing very well and can certainly make a statement tonight by beating a Rangers team coming off one of probably their worst games of the season, which isn't saying much because they very rarely had any, but one of their sloppiest games of the season, no doubt about it. One game earlier, one game later. 7 o'clock, Blue Jackets, Canadians, Blue Jackets at home. Uh, and at 10.30, the Capitals are out west taking on the Kings. They lost to the Sharks on Monday, 2-1. to one. That was a pretty shocking loss uh, for Washington. Guys, this was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you were able to get through it. Thanks for bearing with me. Uh, Don will be back on Friday with me. We'll have a top five. We'll take a look at the games from tonight, look at the games from Thursday, look ahead to the weekend, and he'll give you his thoughts on a lot of the things that we touched on uh, today. Again, want to get in touch with me or Don at Don LaGreca at Anthony Pusick, hashtag game is conduct. Let's talk again on Friday, shall we? Enjoy the hockey tonight. And if you can, go out to the NHL store today, 3 to 6.30. Michael, Don, Peter will be there. Carl Banks starter Black Ice Collection will be revealed. Steve Sharipper will be there. We'll have so many special guests and giveaways. It'll be a whole lot of fun. You should go out there. I wish I could be there. Um, We will talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.